Welcome to Socially Supportive, where you'll hear the hottest insights and discover cutting-edge technology as we take you behind the scenes with the latest authors, top executives, and industry thought leaders. This is Customer Care the Social Way with your host, Frankie Soche. Episode 62 of the Socially Supportive Podcast is brought to you by The Social Pack. Get on the inside to stay on the top side. Head on over to sociallysupportive.com and join today for the latest tips, tricks, and technology in digital and social customer care. Also brought to you by Telligent, a Verand company, a leader in community software for digital marketing and support communities. Its social software solutions help bring together modern collaboration technologies into a single integrated suite that includes social applications and social services that enable organizations to create communities of interest for their customers. Telligent solutions include both external customer and internal employee communities. A customer service community enables you to answer a question once and scale it to an unlimited number of customers. Hello, Social Pack! Welcome to Freeform Friday! On Friday, we go freestyle and talk about whatever we feel like, because it's Friday. And I'm so excited for us to talk about what we're going to be talking about today. Sometimes I like to give you something to think about over the weekend so that you can understand fully what you can do to implement this information in your digital and social customer care program when you get back to the office on Monday. But before we get into that, let's talk about today's inspiration. Today's inspiration comes to us from Bruce Lee, who said, The successful warrior is the average man with laser-like focus. Thank you so much to Tyler Anderson for having this on his Twitter feed so that I could say that would be great for us to have that quote by Bruce Lee on the podcast for today. And our book of the day is by Peter Shankman, who wrote Customer Service, New Rules for a Social Media World. And as you know, all of the links to the books and the materials that we talk about can be found on the resources page at sociallysupportive.com slash resources, or you can find it at sociallysupportive.com slash episode 62, which is today's episode. So let's dig in. What are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about four steps to rapid response. As you know, I just came back from the Insight Group's Customer Service Summit where I moderated several panels, and one of the panels that was of great interest that I promised we would talk about more later after the Insight Group Customer Service post-game episode, which was episode 60, is I said that we would talk a little bit more about how people are able to respond so quickly on social media. And I moderated the panel titled Speedy and Meaningful Social Media Response with Michael Roy from Alaska Air and Laura Smith from Hertz. So they're both in the travel industry. And as you know that we've talked about before, quick response, especially in the travel industry, is critical. These guys are posting sub 15 minute response times, sometimes even sub five minute response times. And so if you're not in the travel vertical, or if you're struggling to hit those five or 15 minute response times, you might be thinking what I would think, how in the world do they do that? So 
I'm going to provide you with a little bit of insight that came from that panel. I have reached out to Michael and to Laura to see if we can get them to come on the show later and give us a little bit more detail behind how it is that they're tactically executing on these quick response times. But I want to give you a little four-step overview right now. Between the three of us, I pulled out these four steps that you should really be thinking about in terms of starting to deliver these very fast response times. So let's go ahead and dig into it. Step one of four is to identify actionable items. What do we mean by this? So you need to figure out what is important for your company to respond to. We can categorize posts that come in from our customers into two categories. Those that our support personnel can take action upon to remedy a situation or to have a positive outcome. And those that are potentially interesting to our company, we want to be able to gather the metrics and the data around them, but they're not really actionable from the perspective of our social customer care team. So how do you know what is actually actionable versus what is not actionable? Well, here are some things to consider. And Michael Roy talked a lot about this. What he considers actionable over there at Alaska Airlines is direct brand mentions. Clearly, that makes sense. If somebody is at mentioning your brand saying that they need help, you want to make sure that you are right on top of responding to those direct brand mentions. And certainly next on the list in the first of four that we want to be looking at is a request for assistance. If somebody is directly reaching out to you and asking for help or asking to have a question answered, you want to make sure that that is somehow categorized in your technology as actionable. Also, if you've got direct or indirect complaints that are coming in, that's something that you probably really want to take a look at. What do we mean by direct versus indirect? So like we said, direct brand mentions are when somebody's on Twitter and they tag you, they're saying at Delta or at Comcast, whatever it is that they are at mentioning, you want to make sure that because they're talking directly to you that you're reaching out to pick that up. On the other side of that is when somebody is talking about you, but not to you. This would be what I would call an indirect mention. So if someone is out on their Twitter handle casually saying that when they reach out to Delta, sorry, I'm picking on you so much today, Delta, but when they reach out to Delta, they're not saying at Delta, I need help. They're saying, yeah, the last time I flew Delta, it was really just not what I wanted it to be. That's an indirect message. So these are an opportunity for some companies who decide that they've got enough bandwidth and they want to make sure that they're able to reach out. These are mentions that are an opportunity for you to reach out and start engaging with these customers. You'll need to have a strategy to understand, do you want to just do direct or do you want to also do indirect? What is relevant to your social and digital customer support staff? What should be put in front of them? So you can do that with complaints. Also compliments. If someone says directly or indirectly, hey, Delta, that was a great flight that I had. So glad that I chose you. You want to make sure that you're reaching out there and picking up those compliments and responding to them if that's the direction that your company wants to go in. This is all around deciding who your team is, what you're going to do, and what makes sense for you. All right. Number two of four steps for rapid response 
First, you identify actionable items. And then the second step is to eliminate spam. What do I mean when I say the word spam? From the perspective of a social media customer care team, we say that spam is anything that is not directly actionable by your social media customer care team. So if your marketing team is having some sort of contest and they're saying, if you reply with the first word that comes to your mind when we talk about ice cream and all you have to do is reply to win, those replies are relevant to your company. They are not actionable by your social media customer care team. Therefore, according to your social media customer care team, we would consider those spam. We would also consider spam anything that is being pulled in that is sort of similar to your brand, but not actually related to your brand. If your brand has some celebrity's last name in it, if your brand is a common household good term, all of these types of words can bring in items that seem to your natural language processing tool like they would probably need to come into you, but they don't and you don't need them, and your team is spending time sort of clicking and closing these out. Michael Roy told us that eliminating spam is critical to making sure that you are responding very fast to your customers. So how do you eliminate spam? Hopefully you have a really great social media engagement and listening tool that you are using. If you have a fancy tool, then you should be able to go in and tell that tool to auto-close items that you don't want your representatives responding to. You should be able to do keyword searches and say that those are keywords that you do not want to include. There are all these different tactics that can be used with fancy social engagement tools that you can put in. There are also opportunities above and beyond removing certain keywords. You can remove certain types of posts. If there is some sort of post that you do not want to pull in, then you should be able to tell the tool that. For example, maybe you're out on Pinterest as a brand and you're posting fantastic pictures of something that's connected to your brand so that you can be engaging, but it's not directly associated with your brand. Maybe this is something that you want to cut away from your social media customer care tool. Maybe if it's picking some of this up, you don't want to bring that in. These are things that you want to look at strategically and understand what should I bring in and what should I leave out. And when you're leaving things out, you probably still want to be listening and funneling it in, but there are tricks that you can use in your tools like auto-closing certain keywords. Or if you know that you're going to have a contest that comes in if you're you know, to use our favorite example, National Chewing Gum Company, then maybe you're going to have this reply to win contest on Facebook and you say, we want to know what word you think of when you think of our tutti frutti flavor of gum we've just launched. When the customers start coming back in and replying to with tutti frutti equals whatever, you can say that you want to take tutti frutti equals and put that into a bucket where you can auto close. Also, like we said before, you can delete unnecessary channels. Get really creative with what you're doing to make sure that any time that your agents are just having to click something, disposition it out, meaning to add tags to it and understand who sent it, what type of post is it, and then they close it because there's not much they can do with it. You want to get down deep into that and see what you can do with your technology so that your agents don't have to do this manually. So that's the second step. The third step 
to rapid response is making sure that you prioritize your volume. This is one that I sort of talked about quite a bit on the panel, which is what order should you be answering things in? So you know that you've gone out as a company in step one and you've identified which items are actionable for your social media customer care agents. Then you've gone in as a second step and you've eliminated all the spam. You've gotten everything out of there that you possibly can that they don't really have to action that you just want to get away from your agent so that they can do handling posts that they can complete actions on. The third step in this is to make sure that whatever you're sending them is coming to them in the right chronological order. So when you're prioritizing, you can do it by chronological order and you can choose that you want to have the first post, for example, that comes into you. You want that first post in to be the first one out. So if I tweeted to you at 8.01 a.m. that you are getting mine before you get something that came in at 8.02 a.m., this is your first in, first out chronological order. There's also another way that you can slice things, especially when you get into crisis communications and into holiday volume. I think I talked about holiday coverage on a Freeform Friday way back on episode three. Look at that. And we're already on episode 62. How crazy. Anyway, so check out that episode for a really deep dive into it. But say, for example, you have some sort of crisis that's happening and maybe your customers are experiencing some some sort of outage with your services. And so you're used to having the first post in be the first post answered and sent out. Now you've got a whole backlog of posts that are coming in all about the same issue. It is possible strategically for you to have some agents that are on the telephone Maybe you ask them to come over and just answer questions about the outage. And so they are going in in a first in, first out mode to reply to everybody who needs assistance, asking them if they still have trouble. Is there anything, you know, do they still need assistance with what's happening? Then you've got some other subset of your agents who are now in last in, first out. So LIFO, the last post that comes in, they're answering that because we're making the assumption that these folks probably are not part of the outage, right? Because you want to cut it away by topic. So last and first out works really well for the people unaffected by the outage to be able to go through and get their regular troubles fixed and corrected that have nothing to do with the outage. That way you're making a dent in the outage volume, but you're not impacting your regular volume that's coming in with unrelated issues. Also, Another way that you can prioritize volume is by issue severity. So one of the things that I recommend is if you have products or services, think about going through and prioritizing volume this way if it makes sense for you. Number one, your top priority should be if there is a missing product or service. If you have agreed to provide a product or service to someone, it has not been delivered at all. It is missing. It is completely not working. That should be your first priority. That way, whenever you're having a very bad experience from a customer's perspective, that is the first thing you're dealing with. The second priority could be if a product or service is there, but it's just not working exactly as designed. So you've not breached whatever you've agreed to, but it's not what the customer had expected. The third priority of five in this case could be if a customer simply has a question about your company or about a product or service. 
The fourth severity level could be if a customer has a complaint about a product or service. It's working like it's supposed to, but they're not real happy about the way it's supposed to work. The fifth priority in issue severity could be when a customer has a compliment about your products or your services. I stress here that it is not that compliments are the least important thing by any stretch of the imagination. I stress that this is because a customer will wait a little bit longer to receive a you're welcome, which you need to make sure that you're figuring it out that you can reply and say that you're welcome. Customers will wait a little longer for that than they will if their service or product are missing. So that's why I suggest that you prioritize your volume that way. What you get out of prioritizing your volume that way is that if somebody's product or service is completely missing or completely not working at all, and they tweet you once, but you're busy saying thank you so much for the compliment to another customer, you run the risk of having another tweet sent to you about the missing product or service. And then potentially, if it takes you too long, then other customers could also start tweeting you about the original customer's tweet. So then you can really have what I call the pile-on phenomenon, where you've cost yourself a lot of extra heartache and labor and time when really if you would have answered them more quickly when they have a missing product or service, then you probably wouldn't have had all those extra posts in the first place and your NPS and CSAT would round out higher. All right, so there you've got step three in prioritizing volume. Maybe one recommendation that would be common is the chronological order. And then another recommendation that would be common would be sorting by issue severity. The fourth step to completing your rapid response desires is to outsource. Now, this might give you a little heartburn. And hopefully, Laura Smith from Wells Fargo is going to come on and explain to us a little more about how she does what she does. But consider this. Wells Fargo is sending some of their original volume, all of their first inquiries to an outsourced partner first. And then if something needs to be escalated for certain types of posts, then that volume comes back in. What this does is it takes the non-escalated items away from your in-house, very seasoned, very knowledgeable agents, and it moves it off their plate so that you can ensure that you are getting back with the appropriate level of customer service to customers who need it very quickly. So if you haven't thought about outsourcing before, this might be something for you to consider. I will tell you that Sarah Grace McCandless from Sykes has been on several times. Sykes is an outsourcing firm that does a great job with digital and social media customer care in addition to chat and the other channels that they serve. So that might be something for you to consider. And then on the other side of that, if you are not sure yet that you want to do a whole lot of initial outsourcing for your digital and social customer care, maybe you just want to have some sort of trial where you try to understand what would that look like. If you want to find a flexible outsourcing partner, I can tell you that we had Jerry Shaver on. He was helping us understand how to choose a flexible outsource partner on episode 56. So you can roll back and listen to episode 56 for a few more tips on what that might look like. But these are the strategies and the techniques that some of the bigger brands in travel are using to make sure that they are able to respond to their customers, not within a day or a week or something. They're responding to their customers within five to 15 minutes regularly. And what we know about human behavior is that social sciences tells us if customers are less anxious 
or anxious for a smaller amount of time, that that can help them feel really comfortable and know, like, and trust is really elevated when you've got a comfortable customer who now knows that if they are in a situation where they need your help, that you're going to come and help them. Okay, so that's what I've got for you today. Let's talk about today's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Telligent, a variant company. Why community? Why Telligent community? Because customer support communities create a compelling return on investment and give your customers the support options that they want. And by moving common support cases online, resolutions to cases can be used again and again. Plus, you can quickly see which topics are causing the most issues. Intelligence's largest customers use their community to plan the staffing of their support centers because communities provide an early warning of incidents that are occurring with their products. This type of optimization ensures that they can maximize their investment in support. Also, speaking of support, it doesn't start at your website. It starts at your customer's favorite search engine. Every page is page one for a customer, and the intelligent community is optimized for SEO. And we know that today people would rather self-serve and help each other than usually to work through a traditional support team. I've used Telligent in my career to tremendous success. So go ahead and check them out at Telligent.com and see what they can do for your company. Okay, if you have a job opening or you're looking for a spot, send me an email at Frankie at socially and I will play matchmaker between perfect person and perfect position. Also, if you see someone out there who's doing a great job of delivering customer service out there on the World Wide Web, and you want to know how they do it, send me the company's information. I'll figure out who's running their team and see if we can get them on the show to tell us all their secrets about how they do that. Okay, this has been our Freeform Friday. Check us out on Monday for Manic Monday, where I will be talking all about reports and measuring and all that kind of stuff so that I can transition you from your lovely weekend back into being able to do those reports on the Monday in the office. So until then, and even after then, I am Frankie Soche. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I can't wait to see you on Monday. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Socially Supportive. Want more? Head on over to sociallysupportive.com to join the social pack and find the best tips, tricks, and technology to take your team from okay to outstanding in no time.